0: Good morning, church family. Will you stand to your feet? Let's sing together. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen this morning. Forever, amen. You can be seated.
1: Good morning. My name is Dennis Dove. I'm the executive minister here. I want to welcome you guys to Shelby Christian Church and those watching online as well. As a reminder, after I finish praying, we have communion stations set up around uh, there. Feel free to get the communion double cupped with the bread and the, the juice all in the one thing. And then also there's offering boxes uh, to continue your worship that way. Well, at our house we celebrated a birthday. Uh, this week, uh, we love birthdays. We try to make it special for the person. Sometimes the gifts are disappointing. Barring a major donation from you guys, you will not be getting a four wheeler or an Apple Watch, right? You know, spoiler alert. Uh, but we do try to make it special, right? We decorate the birthday chair that they sit in and they get to choose where to go out to eat or what dinner they want Amy to cook and what cake, uh, the the person wants and stuff. And, and my favorite part of the birthdays is when we sing happy birthday and they get ready to blow out the candles. Because, like, especially with family and, and friends or whoever's there, but you're focused all in on the one person, right? And they're focused. As I, before I blow out the candles, I think about my previous year and, you know, the wish that you want to make, you know, for the next year, and it's all right there. And it kind of reminds me of, like, when I come to Communion. And we're we're focusing in, right? Like that's a time that's like should be laser-focused on Christ. And and it makes me think of what he did for me in the past, right? A gift that doesn't disappoint, right? God sent Jesus down to die on the cross for me, even though I didn't deserve it. And it makes me think of the present. And I try to forgive those that I think have wronged me, you know, at the time, and come clean before the God because he forgives me for everything that I do wrong. And it makes me think about the day that I get to meet him and focus on the future as well that way. So as we come today to this time, help us to celebrate communion like we celebrate birthdays and be excited as we focus in on the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for the chance to come and worship you. We just hope that was pleasing to you. Thank you for sending Jesus down to die on the cross for us. We don't deserve it, but you did it because you love us. Help us to to love you back and to glorify you and honor you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: as Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. Great is Thy faithfulness, great is Thy For oh, sin and peace that endure Thine own dear presence To cheer and to guide Strength for today And bright hope for tomorrow Blessing all mine With ten thousand inside yeah. yeah. As we continue to worship, just know that you can run to the Father again and again and again. No matter how many times you fail, He's always there with you. Take us back. Amen. To let it all go I see it now I'm laying it down And I know that I need you I run to the Father Fall in the grace I'm done with the hiding The reason to My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run star, your son for redemption, the price for my heart, and I don't have a contest for that kind of love.
2: Well, good morning. Hey guys, uh, welcome again. Uh, thanks for being here today. Hey, if you're new, just checking things out. uh, Shelby Christian maybe in the last couple of weeks. We'd love to connect with you today. So go out to the I'm New Wall uh, right out here in the lobby. Uh, before you leave, they've got a gift for you out there. And just want to say thanks. Uh, thanks for being here today. And then a second announcement before we get going uh, this morning. If you took a Cotonino bag uh, in the last couple of weeks, please bring those back here in the next week or so. Uh, we're going to start boxing those up so that we can ship them. Uh, take them down to Knoxville. And then from there, they're going to go on to Guatemala and be there in time for uh, Christmas for the kids down there in Guatemala City. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks for doing that, if you've already done that, uh, just a reminder for the rest of you guys. Well, we're in, finishing up, better, how to win at home. We've been through uh, this eight-week series, and so hopefully you guys have found this to be beneficial. Hopefully it's it's made a difference in your families, uh, with your marriages, with your kids. And some may say, why spend like, why well, spend eight weeks on on that. And, and I, I was, I'm thinking about that, praying about that, really just taking it all in over the last several weeks as, as Dave has shared with us in this series. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I just sit there from week to week and go, man, I need this, right? I need this reminder. I need this encouragement. I need these challenges. Hopefully some of those challenges that we've given you guys, uh, you've taken those to heart and it's made things better uh, in your in your relationships. Because relationships, Man, they're hard, aren't they? And and I was thinking about this, just praying about this this morning. Why is it that that the people that are closest to us, those relationships seem to be the hardest at times, right? And the people that are closest to us are the ones that we seem to hurt (laughs) the most right? And get hurt by the most. And so it's important for us to just stop and say, God, what do you, what do you intend? What do you intend for our marriages? What do you intend for us in parenting? What do you want for us and from us? What, what are you, what are you doing here in all of this? Why'd you wire us the way you wired us? Why did you set this up the way you set it up with a family and parents and community and all like, what did, what, what are you trying to, to accomplish in us through this? So hopefully for you, you've, you found it to be a beneficial and things. Are, are better. Dave said over and over, we're never going to be perfect because we're not perfect people and it's never going to be perfect, but it can always be better and, and hopefully it's trending in, in that direction for you. I want to show you a, a quote. This is a quote I found uh, just kind of thinking about better and it's kind of the overall thing. Here's what it says. It'll be on the screen here. It says this, your beliefs don't make you a better person. Your behavior does. If you guys, uh, you guys ever heard someone say, do as I say, not as I do, right? And maybe it was like your grandpa or an uncle or someone said, you know, these are the things that you've seen me do these things. Now you don't, you do these son or daughter or granddaughter, you know, you don't do as I say, not as I do. Well, if you're like me, those, when people said something like that or tried to in, in in that exact way or in a different way, those don't really work. Right? Because you look at what people do. You look at their behavior, and if you admire them, if you're following after them, chances are you're going to walk in their ways. You're going to make some of those same decisions, because you look at them and go, well, you know what? They had a lot of fun, and things seemed to work out for them, so I'm going to make some of these same decisions. It's not always, do as I say, do it, you know, not as I uh, say, but, you know, what did I say? Yeah, not as I do, but as I say, right? It's, It's, or say as I do, do as I say. You guys get it, Right? Hey, listen. I went to uh, I went to Lexington last night and sat and watched that horrible football game. So, cut me a break here in this first hour, all right? So, um, but that that doesn't work. People look at our behavior, they look at our actions, and and you guys know that, you sense that, you you've experienced that in your own life. And so, here's what's interesting: God. Designed our brains, I want to kind of share a little scientific knowledge with you this morning that maybe you don't know, maybe some of you do know this, but, but there are ways that God has designed us physically and like our brains and, and just the way that we are made that cause us to look at other people, the people that are before us, the generation that's leading us and learn from them, the, the good and the bad. There's this thing called synaptic pruning. Has anybody ever heard that phrase before? Alright, good. So this is some new information for all of you guys. So you, you'll remember some of this stuff from science or from school, maybe middle school, high school, right? So your brain has these, has these neurons, has these cells. You have brain cells. Some of you have more brain cells than others, but we all have at least to us a certain amount of brain cells, right? So we have these brain cells and, and these neurons in our brain and they, they talk to one another. They connect with one another called the synapses, right? So this connection, you'll see a couple of pictures here on the screen. This synapses that connects these brain cells or these neurons. It connects. And so what happens is, when you are born, you have, you have a, a, a more than you'll ever use neurons and brain cells and synapses, these connection points in your brain. In fact, from birth until about adolescence through the early 20s, these brain cells, these connections are always continuing to be made. And so what happens is, is at a, if you look at the brain of a two-year-old or a three-year-old, they have a lot more than an adult does. Because what happens is, when you're, when you're young, these connections are starting to be made, like between these two neurons, right, in your brain. There's, there's a bunch of them, right? And this, this thing, happens where when you learn something, when you learn a behavior, when you learn a new skill, when when you pick up information, a connection is made. And then that is strengthened over time as it is gone back over and over. So it's like when a little kid learns their ABCs or learns how to count, right? It's repetition. And how did we learn those things? Someone sat down with us and they said ABC. And we went through it over and over. And so those connection points, those synapses were connecting. And you were learning those things as you as you grow. It's, it's kind of the thing when you look at, you think about a, a kid. Have you guys ever seen like a little kid pick up a cell phone or an iPad, and they just intuitively like take it and like start, they start you know, w- working with it and can like get to places, and you're looking at them going how are they doing that, right? And it's because they've watched an older brother, maybe they've watched you they've watched someone, and so they have this like it seems like this innate ability to pick up things really fast and, and, and kind of learn from those things, and you're like how many of you guys are a little bit older and you have like maybe a, a kid or a grandkid in your home and you're like, whenever you have technology, you're like here, you throw it to them and you go, will you figure this out for me, right? Come in there and turn this TV Where's the, you know, all that stuff? Because it's like they learn these things at a very early age, and it just seems like that the, the, they pick it up quicker than we do. I, we have friends in Poland, and they have. Um young kids, 8, 9, 10, they're a little bit older now, but when we first met them, they were like in, in elementary school, and we would go out to eat with them, we'd hang out with them after church, and, and when we were over there visiting, and they speak Polish, and they speak English, and they speak uh, sometimes German or Russian, so like they, they know three languages fluently, and here's, it's fascinating to watch them communicate, we'll be standing around, and they'll be talking to their kids, and they'll go from English to Polish, to some Russian, all in the same conversation. And we're standing there going, I have no idea what's going on. It's fascinating to watch. And I'm looking at this eight or nine-year-old kid going, this kid can speak three languages. I can't even master the English language. You guys have already seen that this morning, right? It's like, it's, it, how are they doing that? It's because at a very young age, right, those synaptic connections were being made but as we get older here's what happens here's the fascinating thing about this your brain goes through this use it or lose it process and as you get older, if the connections aren't made, your brain prunes that away. What's pruning, right? It's cutting something off so that other things can grow. And so what happens in our brains as we grow, the things that the brain says, you know what? We're not using this anymore. It's going to go away. This other thing that we've really focused on over here and we're training our brain to use, it's going to, that connection is going to become stronger, right? And so other things are kicked out. The things you used, the things that you don't use, you lose them. And so what happens is over time, you have less and less synapses, you have less and less neurons that are connecting. Um, And as an adult, you have half of what a young person has. They go through this process, right? So, here's what happens. Those neurons, those brains, they they, they connect. New things are learned. New information is retained. But here's the the flip side of that. Like I said, if it's not made, if those connections aren't brain made, it's going to lose that point over time. They're going to go away. So, this is something that we have to understand this when we're thinking about the brain. You'll see here in a second why this is, is really important for us. Babies and young children, like I said, have double the amount of synapses as adults. This explains why they can learn new tasks, right? Their brain cells are making those connections. But it also explains this phrase. If You, you guys will finish this phrase. You can't teach an old dog. Right. Everybody knows that phrase. You know that phrase because you, it's part of it, it's, it's true, right? But it, there's part of it that's really not true. Like, older people, right, can learn new things. You can learn new new information, new tasks. You can figure out new things. But the, the, the reason why we all can finish that phrase is because, generally speaking, as you get older, right, it's harder to learn. It's why, if you want to learn a new language, if you want to learn Spanish, like, learn it when you're 15 and not when you're 45, right? It's a lot harder because your brain at 45 has been pruned. All the things that you didn't need, it kicked out. At 15, you're learning all these new things and your brain's still working in that way. And so this is a fascinating idea, understanding of of what God's done with us. This pruning process takes place. And this makes the adult brain then, on the flip side of this, more capable of focusing on in-depth and complex tasks and there are fewer connections and changes that are taking place. It's why when when you see a little kid or a middle school student or a high school student and it seems like they're all over the place, You know, and their brain's all over the place. It's because their brain's all over the place. Here's a fascinating thing. Between the ages of 11 and 17, a person loses 40% of their memory. Isn't that fascinating? Between the ages of eleven and seventeen, about forty percent of the things that you were working on as a child are kicked out because they just start to go away. Those synapses connections just, just are gone. This pruning process is taking place, and it actually takes place in the human brain. Scientists have figured it out they used to think it would end at like at, at the end of adolescence or like you know at 17, 18, 19. Now they know that like into the twenties, 25 year olds are still pruning their, their brain, and it's still this process is still going on. So That's why if you've ever been around a middle school student or a high school student and you looked at them or you looked at your, your spouse or you looked at another adult and you said, are they losing their mind? Yes, in fact, they are, right? If you're in your house and you're, you live with a high school student or a middle school student, you're like, is everybody in this house losing their mind? Yep, they are actually losing their minds. And so not to even talk about what's going on with, inside of them hormonally and in their bodies, right? What's going on in their brain is fascinating, and it's, it's something that we need to understand as believers because it's really important for us as the, as the generation that's training the generation to understand that we have an opportunity because what's, what's valued and what's strengthened in the brain of a young person will be retained and it'll be something that will make a difference in their life going forward. And you're going to see that this morning. I love... Um, Just thinking about the human brain, I think it's fascinating. Of all the things that God created, the human brain is is one of the most fascinating. Here's us in Psalm 139, it says this, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And so God has wired us, right, in this complex, fascinating, amazing way. And as a young person, as a baby, and as a little elementary age student, and a middle school student, and a high school student, to understand the process that their brain, their physical, like physiologically, like scientifically, this is what's happening inside of them. For us to understand that is really important. Why, why does this matter? You may be sitting there going, well, okay, great. Thanks for the science lesson. Well, why does that matter? Well, because during this pruning process, the things that are repeated are the things that are strengthened, right? The things that are repeated over and over and over again are the things that are strengthened. Parents, the things that you value, the things that you hold up as important will probably become important to your children and to your grandchildren. The things that that you value as an adult, right? Understanding that we have this influence over their lives in in a real practical way. Now it doesn't always work out this way, right? There, there, there's. Uh, I know there's going to be um, people, families, uh, parents in this room today. That were Thursday night, and they're gonna, you're going to be here today, and it's like. All right, I hear what you're saying. I understand, like, how this all is supposed to work out, but it just didn't really work out like that for our family, right? Our family, you know, I, I, Jason, I, I tried to raise my kids in the, Lord, in the Lord's ways. We, we did everything we thought we could possibly humanly do, and they're just not following the Lord today. And I know there's going to be parents and, and grandparents and people here today that, that are sitting in that situation. And here's what I want to encourage you with. I would love... To join you, because I know that you are on your knees praying for for that person every day. I would love to join you in that process, in that prayer. So if you if you want to send me a message, a text, an email this week, and say, "Hey, Jason, would you pray for so and so?" and just send me their name, I'll know exactly what 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 you're saying. I would love to join you in that because I want to continue to just pray for our kids and our grandkids. That we go, man, I feel like we did everything right. And I just don't know. I don't know what, what, what's going on here because there's there's a passage of scripture. Dave has mentioned it several times about we're to here again about training training our kids up, right? And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And you're like you're holding on to that, going, man. I, I don't know if I'm going to be around when they're old, but I hope for, hope when they're old that they come back to this, right? That that's what you're holding on to today, and that's what you're praying about today. And I want to I want to join you in that. But if, if you value following Jesus, it's more likely if you value following Jesus and living in, in His ways and following in His footsteps, it's more likely than not that your kids are going to do the same thing. If serving and loving others, if you find that as important, your children are probably going to find that as important as well. If being a part of a, a church community is something that you model, chances are your kids are going to want to be a part of something like that as well for themselves and for their children. Things that are important to us become important to them. But here's, here's the problem. The opposite is also true. Things that you don't value will not be adopted by those that you in Influence, And so if you have influence, if you have influence over someone in this next generation, whether it's as a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a teacher, a coach, a mentor, whatever role you play in a young person's life, you are assisting... In this pruning process. You're assisting in this, if we continue to repeat this, this will be strengthened inside of them, inside of their brains. And you've got a lot better shot, right? like I said, it's not 100%, but you got a lot better shot. You got a fighting chance. And as a parent of a 10 year old and a 14 year old, I just want a fighting chance. Because I know the world that they go into every day is dark and twisted and it's gonna, it's gonna try to tear them down so God will you give us a fighting chance right? and so this kind of information that we have this morning I think is really important for us to understand and to grasp And so to kind of help us see how this all plays out in, in God's story and in the story of, of God's people I want you to, to go back to the book of Deuteronomy we're gonna go back to the Old Testament if you got your Bibles open up to Deuteronomy and we're gonna look at just uh, chapter 6 and then chapter 30 here in a second let me explain to you a little bit about this book. It's the fifth book in the Old Testament. It's the fifth book of the Torah. It's part of the Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew Bible. It's the story of Moses and the Israelite people, right? Deuteronomy, the, the book itself actually means second law. And you'll see here in a second why it's called the second law. That, that, that's a Greek word for the second law. But here's what's happening. It's the Torah. uh, It's part of the Torah, like I said, that tells the story of Moses and his people. After the Israelite people have have left Egypt, they're going to spend a a, a year on Mount Sinai. They spend a year at the the base of Mount Sinai. You probably remember the story. They're there. Moses goes up on the mountain. He comes back down with these tablets, right, eventually. and, And they're the Ten Commandments. And so they're there for a year. Moses has the Ten Commandments. God makes this covenant promise with his people through these rules, through these laws, through these Ten Commandments, right? And so for the next 40, Years the Israelite people basically just <coughs> excuse me, they just wander around in the wilderness, looking for, working towards uh, the promised land. But but they're confused, they complain. They, they, they don't listen to Moses. At times, Moses isn't the greatest leader. All these things happen. And so for 40 years, they just kind of wander around. Here's what's fascinating about what, what's really happening. Is the journey from where they were at Mount Sinai to the promised land should have taken about 11 days. They could have walked there in 11 days. But they wander around. <laughs> For 40 years. It, I was thinking this week, like, if you were going to go on fall break, like, like you're going to say, all right, we're going to take a trip to, to uh, uh, Los Angeles. You know, we're going to drive from Shelbyville to Los Angeles this so week on fall break. It's about 2,100 miles. And you say, we're going to, so, so it's like, it, it takes about 30 hours. And so you could do it in three, four days, you know, if you really were hustling, right? And, and if, if you said, okay, we're going to take a, a four day drive and we're going to head out to Los Angeles. And in, in about, Day two, I get, you know, one and a half, two, you you get out and you're like, you get in Nebraska and, and you just like get lost in the corn. (laughs) Right and you're just driving around in the corn in nebraska and like and like everybody looks up and they go Hey, where's the johnson family? We're like, I don't know They said they were driving to los angeles. We haven't seen them in like five years, right? You're just out there in the corn driving around for five years Like we don't know where to go and that's basically what the israelite people they were how How screwed up do you have to be as a people to say this trip that should take 11 days because we we can't just get anything together It's gonna take us 40 years And so that's kind of the the lot that these people find themselves in. That's who they are. And so this book of of Deuteronomy is a collection of speeches where Moses is calling the next generation to be faithful to the covenant that God made with him. And so in chapters 4, 5, and 6 of the book, Moses is calling on this new generation of people. To be more faithful to God's covenant than their parents were. Their parents were rebellious. Their parents were a complete disaster. And so, what Moses is doing in this book, as the the Israelite people are about to go, they they finally got to the edge, to the doorstep of the Promised Land. They're standing on the Jordan, right? Moses, God's already told Moses, Moses, you're not going to get to go into the Promised Land. You screwed all this up. So, you don't get to go. You've led this last generation for the last 40 years. You're not not going in. We're we're starting with a new generation with a new leader, they're going to take the promised land. And so Moses is giving this speech, right? He's telling them, he's, he's pleading with them. Hey, your, your parents, we've been wandering around this, this wilderness for 40 years. Think about it. If you're a, a young person, if you were like 11, 12, 13, 15, 20, 30, you know, 35 years old and you're standing there, you're this next generation, all you've known is the wilderness. Like, all you've known is we've been, like, we grew up in the woods. We grew up in the wood. We've just been out here for the last 40 years. And so Moses is saying, hey, God's got a promise, right? He still promised us this promised land and we're, we're going to walk, you're going you're gonna to get to walk into it. I'm not going to get to go. Your and your grandparents are going to go. But you guys, you're, you're the next generation. And, and, and you're going to be able to get this right. You've got a fighting chance to get this right. And that's exactly what Moses is doing here with the people. So listen to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. It says this. These are the commands, the decrees, and the regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land that you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and the grandchildren and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. And if you obey all of his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel. And be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And then verse 4, he says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. And then look at number or verse 7. This is interesting. I don't know if Moses knew about synaptic pruning or not. But he says this, Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, right? Teach your kids. Teach this next year. Remind them. Don't ever let them forget about how wonderful our God is. How awesome our God is. Write them on your, your fences. Write them on your doorposts. It's interesting, you know, in this room and in our, in our church, on the door frames uh, as you go come in and out, there's passages of scripture written. There's It's on the walls. Underneath the carpet in this room, the people that gathered here in 2005-ish, when this building was being built, on the concrete, they wrote passages of scripture on the on the, on the floor here. It's kind of like the, this, this symbolic thing, like this is the foundation of everything, right? And so there's this understanding that Moses is pleading with his people. All right? you, you, you have to remember how great he, God is. Repeat these things again and again to your children. Talk about them all the time. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 is known as the Shema. It's a very important daily prayer in Judaism. It's still uh, something that the Jewish uh, people use today, right? This this understanding of the, the, the Lord is the one that we need to love with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of our mind. And so in Deuteronomy, Moses gives the ancient Israelite people, this next generation, he gives them some very specific laws beyond the Ten Commandments. The The whole book after, if you read the book of, of Deuteronomy, it basically is these laws, these very specific laws that Moses is given the people as they get ready to walk into the promised land. Because it's going to be hard. It's going to be very difficult for them. It's going to be an incredible land flowing with milk and honey, whatever that is, right? There's going to be, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome, but it's also going to be very dangerous. Because the people that they're going to encounter are not going to follow the same God that they follow. They've come up with all kinds of idols, And they're worshiping all kinds of other gods. They've come up with with a God for everything. They've come up with a God for the weather. They've come up with a God for the sun. They've come up with a God for food. They've come up with a God for sex. They've come up with a God for everything. And they're worshiping all these false gods. And Moses is saying, be careful when you go into this land and teach your kids the ways of the Lord. The only God, right? And don't forget them. Teach them to them over and over and over again, because that's what's going to matter. And so when we look at what's happening here, what what we need to understand, what we need to study and and realize is that Moses is giving some very specific rules and laws to the Israelite people right there in that day. Very specific in the context of who they are and what they're about to experience. Now, I... These laws, because this this is an old covenant thing, and this we 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 live in a new covenant under a new covenant with Jesus in the New Testament, right? The, you could read a lot of these and go, man, they were under. like There's laws about the way they dress. There's laws about what they, what they eat. There's laws about what they should give. There's laws about what they should keep. There's laws about everything, right? It's very specific. It's very laid out. And and when you read that, you go, well, this is this is very detailed, and it is. But but we can kind of get up caught up in the weeds of that. But I, I kind of pulled out this morning some valuable core principles that. I I think would be useful for us today because we're not bound by all these laws that Moses was given the Israelite people right there in that day, but there's some principles. There's some valuable things that I think we can pull from this story and from this passage of Scripture. And so here's, here's a few that I just wrote down, uh, just kind of in our terms today, right? The first one will be this. If you want to be better at home, obey God's commands by following in Jesus' footsteps. We, we should be people You should be a a person If you are a follower of Christ And I'm assuming most of you are Because you're in a church this morning um, If if you say, you know, I'm going to follow Jesus Well, the the thing that you should become an expert in Is Jesus' ways Become an expert In what Jesus said And what Jesus did You can find a lot of that in uh, everything that we have written down in the New Testament Right? There are a lot of things that he said and did that aren't there But everything that he said, they're there So be an expert Study what he did and what he said and how he lived his life, the things he he chose to do and not to do, right? Become an expert in Jesus' ways. Second thing, love God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. You know, it sounds a lot like what we say every Sunday when we leave you, right? Love God. If your children, if this next generation, if your grandchildren, if the people that are under your influence, however they are, as a coach, as a mentor, whatever it is, teacher, if they see you Loving God with every fiber of your being, man, I'm praying that that's going to make a difference in another person's life and somebody that's coming behind us in this next generation. Commit yourself to Him daily. You guys know that this is something that every morning when you get up, you have to renew your mind with the Lord, don't you? You have to get up. When your feet hit the floor, right, it's like it's a new day. Blessings. Right. What what's God got for me today? God, what you show me your ways today. It's a renewing of our mind and our heart and our soul. Every single day. It's intentional and it's consistent. And if your children and your grandchildren and the next generation see that, it's gonna make a difference. Have Jesus conversations with your family all the time. Make it normal to as you're riding home from practice, as you're going home from church, as you're on your way to dinner. Whatever this week may bring for you, have conversations about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Last night, Brody and I, every year I try to... Um, Pick a game. Pick the wrong game last night. But every year I try to pick a game that he and I can just go to because it's something that we really um, both, um, emotional, <laughs> it's something that we both really uh, enjoy and um, learned that from my dad, trying to figure out m- these connections that you can make with your kids. And so we were there last night and um, <laughs> there was a, a group of college guys in the row behind us. They'd had fun all day, right? They'd been tailgating. They'd been tailgating all day. And so it was very colorful. And, you know, Brody's 14. So he thought, you know, he thought it was all funny. <laughs> and, and I just kind of kept a straight face. Because there's a, a, a mom and dad with two little girls. I mean, they, the girls couldn't have been more than four or five years old right in front of us. I'm just thinking, you know really, dude, like, guys, these kids, like, why are you acting, so anyway, right, and so, but Brody, you know, so there's, and Brody, like, they say something off-color, Brody would kind of snicker, and they'd look at me, and I'm just watching the game, I got straight face, um, didn't make a, didn't make an, a, didn't, you know, any kind of emotion, and, and then we get in the car, and you know, he's talking, we're talking about some of that stuff that was going on, and just talking about, you know, abusing alcohol and all that stuff, and having that conversation, you know, and about what it would look like, you know, to be a person who says, you know what? As a follower of Christ, I'm not going to act like that, you know? And um, it was a good, good opportunity for us to just talk about some of that stuff. And so my point is, have these conversations with your kids. Look for opportunities to have, have Jesus conversations with your family all the time. Make God's Word the foundation that your home is built upon, right? Right? Make, make God's Word the foundation. Write it on the doorpost. Write it on the, on the, on your, on the walls. Put, put up pictures. Put up stickers. Talk about it. You know, make, 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 make it normal for your kids to walk in to the kitchen uh, on, on, on a morning and you're sitting there having your coffee with your Bible opening, right? Reading your Bible. And if they see that that's important to you, more than likely it's going to be important to them. My dad read his Bible every single day. Every single day. It, and it's, it's one of the, the most valuable things that we have now from, from his life and his legacy. And it's worn and it's tattered. He never wrote in it. You know, I don't know if you're right. He, my, mom, my mom was like, he never, he never wrote, but he, like, he always kept it pristine on the inside. But it's worn. And, and it would sit there at the, at the end of the kitchen table. And when he was able, before he, he was not able to anymore, he'd get up every morning and he'd sit there and he'd drink his coffee and he'd read his Bible and he'd do those jigsaw puzzles or, you know, the word, word scrambles or whatever in the, in the newspaper. You don't think that had an impact on a young kid? Every day when I'd walk in and see my dad with his Bible open, Make God's Word the foundation that your home's built them on. Repeat Jesus' teachings to your kids again and again and again. Here's what you should need to know about our kids' ministry here at Shelby Christian Church. There are three core values that, that we try to teach our kids. Tiffany and her team tries to teach our kids. Here they are. <coughs> the first one is this. I can trust God no matter what, right? I can trust God no matter what. Whatever comes my way in this world, I know that people are not always going to be trustworthy, that this world's going to let me down, but God is trustworthy. And no matter what happens, I can trust him, right? It's a valuable lesson for our kids to learn. Number two, I should treat others the way I want to be treated. (laughs) Imagine, imagine if that, just that simple principle is something that we just, everyone live by. Not just kids, but all of us, right? On social media, in real life, I should treat others the way I want to be treated. And then number three. I love this one. I've always thought this is, it's, it's simple, but it's, it's so important. I need to make the wise choice. In every situation, we were on the way home. Brody, was that, are those wise choices? No, those aren't wise choices, right? Make the wise choice in every situation. I love this passage, or this uh, this quote. I saw this this week on Twitter. Shane Pruitt said this. An ever-changing world desperately needs a never changing God. All right? <laughs> this world, it's like, I can't keep up with how much, it's like every, things are changing so fast and like, like what words can we use now and not use, right? Like I don't, I don't know what to say, you know, it's like, uh, what, what, where are we in like this week with like whatever and like things change So fast in our world. And it can be so overwhelming for all of us. But an ever-changing world desperately needs a God that never changes. That He's consistent. And that He's constant. And that He's always there for us, right? Moses had some extraordinarily strong words and powerful promises for the Israelite people. If they made the wise choices and followed God, I want you to listen to Deuteronomy as we kind of wrap this up. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Here's what he says. After he's given them all those rules and laws we talked about that were very specific for them for their time uh, as they were getting ready to walk into the promised land, he says this in verse thirty, or, or chapter 30 verse 15. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, his decrees, and his regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are about to enter and occupy. But, but, If your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, isn't it easy for us and for our kids to be drawn away and to serve other gods? He says, Then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long life, a good life, in the land that you're crossing the Jordan today to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I'll call upon heaven and earth to witness the choice that you're about to make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, by obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him today. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord sworn to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, those are very specific words for a group of people. But what I believe, what I believe today, is that God will look upon us favorably if we train our kids in the same ways. When you prioritize pursuing an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, above all else, it's likely, it's likely that your kids and your grandkids will do the same thing. But the opposite is also true. If your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, Moses said, and if you're drawn away, serve other, serve and worship other gods, then I warn warn you, you will certainly be destroyed. More likely than not, the next generation will be as well. And here's what I want you to understand this morning. So much, so much hangs in the balance. You have influence. You have an opportunity as the the, the generation that's leading and teaching and coaching and training the ones that are after us. We have influence. We have an opportunity. It's not just an opportunity. It's a privilege, right? And it's an obligation. And God says, train them up, right? The passage that we've read a couple of times, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. There's a difference between training and teaching. Right, you can teach someone. Let's say, say for example, you want to teach someone that comes and says, hey, uh, I want to learn about the game of football. We could get Coach Lucas and a bunch of coaches together, and we could say, hey, we're going to have a Saturday morning seminar. If you want to learn about football, gonna, we're going to get the whiteboard out. We're going to teach you uh, the, the, all the rules. We're going to teach you uh, some plays even. We're going to teach you what each player does. We're going to draw some plays up on the whiteboard. We're, we're going to teach you everything so that you can sit down and watch a football game and know what's going on, right? We could teach you all those things. But if you want to play the game, if you really want to play the game, you've got to train for that, right? There's an in-season and there's an out-of-season and there's conditioning and there's weightlifting and you've got to go to practice, right? There's this commitment, To step up and say, I'm going to give my body and my soul and my heart to this endeavor. I'm going to train. There's a difference. The person that that plays football knows a lot more about it than the person that just learns about it in a classroom, right? So there's this huge difference in teaching someone something and training them. When you train them, you say, hey, you follow me. Let's go do this together. We're going to get out here and we're going to do this together and we're going to figure it out together, right? And you step out and you do that. And so when we talk about training up a child, training someone, it's not just saying, not just teach them, hey, don't don't do what I do, right? Do what I say. I got it right that time. Right? It's not that. It's saying, hey, follow me as I follow Christ and let's do this together. And so here's what I want to ask you guys this morning as we close. Moses stood before those people and he says you need to make a choice. You need to make a commitment. You need to decide what you're going to do today because you're about to take this next step into this land. And so for us, for you, here's what I want to ask you this morning. Just one simple question as we close. Will, Will you, will you commit to living intentionally as you lead the next generation? If you have influence Maybe it's a, a child that lives in your home now. Maybe it's a grandchild that you see all the time. Maybe your aunt or an uncle that love your nieces and your nephews. Maybe you're a mentor. Maybe you're a coach. Maybe you're a teacher. If you have this next generation under your care in some way, if, if you know you have their ear at least a little bit and they'll pay attention, like, you know there's some influence that you can have and you could have more. Here's what I want to challenge us to do today as we leave this place. I want to challenge you to be intentional about that. To to realize that that God's calling you to do something very specific in the way that you live your life. Because they're watching. They're watching what you do. They're watching your your behavior. And if you say, I'm a a follower of Jesus. They're they're saying, okay, what's that really about? Like, well, what's just Jesus, guy, about? So they're judging him on the way you live your life. And if you're like, okay, you know what? Challenge accepted. I'm going to live intentionally. I'm, I'm going to lead this next generation because, guys, if you don't, if we don't as the church, guess who is? The world's going to lead them. And that doesn't end well for anyone. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to ask you guys to close your eyes. I want to ask you to start praying. And, and if this doesn't apply to you, then that's fine. Uh, pray for those that it, it does apply to. But, but if, you, if you have someone in your life, a, a, a someone or a bunch of someones in this next generation that you have influence over, And and you want to say, you know what, I've been kind of intentional, but I really want to be more intentional. I want to make things better. I want to really focus in on, God, what what you want me to do in this next generation, with this next generation, and how I can help train them. If that's you this morning, you want to make a commitment to take that effort to the next level in your life, would you stand up? I just want to ask you to stand up, if that's you. It's not going to be for everybody, and that's fine. If you're still sitting, I want you to pray for these, these people. Because what they've said is that, God, here am I. Send me. Send me to this next generation. Because so, so much hangs in the balance. Let me pray. God, we love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather as brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. God, I thank you for your word. Gosh, it's so powerful. God, I thank you for the understanding that we have of what you want to do in our lives through that. God, I'm praying for, we're praying for every person, every individual that's standing right now and, and, and who they are and what they represent and the influence that they have over this next generation. God, I pray that that this this next generation of of leaders, of Christ followers that's coming behind us, that they will be better than us. That that they will be people that just are passionately, completely in love with Jesus. And that we are a generation that says, hey, you come follow me, not because I've got it all figured out, not because I'm, I'm perfect, but because I am following Jesus. You follow me as I follow Jesus And we're all going to get to the same place. And so, God, I pray that that you would do that in this community. I pray that you would do that in this church. I pray that you would continue to raise up people that realize how important it is to go out into this world, to be an influence, to be a difference maker. That's what you've called us to. And so, God, I pray that we would do that this morning. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. It's His name I pray. Amen. Would you, the rest of you guys stand up? We're going to sing this song.
0: Would you just hear the words of the song? I look around I see my wonderful life Almost perfect from the outside, picture frames, I see my beautiful wife always smile, but on the inside, I can't hear her say. today. As we leave this place, let's keep loving our family. Let's keep loving God. Let's go
3: love people and change the world. Amen. Y'all have a great week.